I wanted to speak at some length while we're here with regard to the Bhagavatam and its various um, inceptions or origins, descents and so forth, uh, should offer a fair amount of ground to cover. But I thought for this evening I'd just open the floor for any questions. So I know you've been listening to my lectures for so many days on end while um, rendering service here and so forth. So, yes, yeah, so my Krishna Das. Um, I had a question about, um, like in Gokul, Krishna's Godhead is completely um, overtaken by the feelings of friendship and they don't see him as God at all, fully as his friend. And I was wondering how much that translates over into the Gorlila because I think it does go in there to some level, but also at some point it doesn't because, you know, Rupa Goswami is writing the scripture, and obviously uh, acknowledging that he's God, but I'm just wondering how that translates and what, yeah. Yes, so the question is, we find intimacy, uh, like friendship, for example, in Gorlila. Hmm or in Krishna Leela, romantic love, we find. We find uh, parental love and so forth. And so your question is, to what extent does that carry over into Gaur Leela? And mostly, like, um, are they aware that Krishna, mm-hmm. um, the Chaitanya, is um, the Supreme Godhead? Right, so in, in Vrindavan, the idea being that because of the friendship, etc., um, being as it is, such madurya, lila madurya, prema madurya, hmm? a special uh, quality, really, of Krishna, that he's surrounded by devotees, endowed with prema madurya, sweet love, that obscures his godhood. Hmm? So, again, how does that carry over into Gorlila? Do they know? Do they appear to know that he's the supreme uh, Bhagwan, Gaur Krishna. At the same time, we say that Krishna Lila and Gaur Lila are, are Gaur Lila is an extension of the same Lila of Krishna Lila. So same, but but different. Hmm. And we find that uh, the Goswamis, who Rupa Goswami, Chidiva Goswami, Sadhana Goswami, these are the among the eternal associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Of course, there are many, but these are very important, and um, particularly so with regards to ourselves, uh, because they were empowered, Rup and Sanatana, directly by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, to explain what his dispensation was about. Therefore, we find Narottam praying, uh, what is that? Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam. Stapitam yena bhutale svayam rupa kadamayam dadati svapadantikam. When will that understanding of Rupa Goswami as to the significance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in all respects, when will that manifest within my heart? Hmm? Rupa Goswami witnessed 
Chaitanya Dev in Rathiyatra in his Sanyas Leela during in, in Jagannath Puri or in Jagannath Puri uh, singing a, a a secular love song from Kavya uh, and uh, while others may have been bewildered as to why a sannyasi would be singing a secular love song during a Rathayatra. You can imagine it would be quite peculiar if someone started singing, you know, yesterday, <laughs> some song of separation. <laughs> um, but Rupa Goswami could understand it. Hmm? He wrote his own verse explaining the significance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, his inner life, and how he was capable of, this was an example of it, finding Krishna in secular life. The, the, the boundary between the secular and the profane was uh, blurred hmm, by his uh, absorption. Hmm? And um, from that we can understand something about bhakti, that it's really a change of consciousness. It's not about doing so many things, but more about the way that we we do them, how we see them. Hmm? And uh, so at any rate, Rupa Goswami could understand his deep absorption in, in, in the mood of Radha and separation from Krishna. Hmm? Um, wrote about it in Sanskrit, and then he tacked it on his the hut, the wall of his hut, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very embarrassed to see that and gave him a slap. And, and I said, how did, could you understand my heart? He actually deferred to Sarup and said, he knows my heart. He must have got it from him. So, <clears throat> it's to Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, and then uh, their followers, Gopal Bhatta, Jiva Goswami, and so forth. These six Goswamis in particular, they were uh, empowered. We find in Chaitanya Charitamrita the teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to and to Rupa Goswami hmm? at, uh, at um, Prayag and Banaras, respectively. Hmm? And um, there you find in Chaitanya Charitamrita all of the, in a condensed form, all of the Siddhanta, all the philosophy, philosophical and theological conclusions of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And at the beginning of that, when Rupa Goswami is instructed, the um, Kaviraj Goswami gives a nice verse of his own where he compares the enlightenment of Brahma at the dawn of creation, something we're going to come to in our discussion of the Chatur Sloki of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the inception of the Bhagavatam, speaking of Krishna speaking it to Brahma, empowering him with all the Vedic knowledge and so forth. So he compares Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was putting his foot on Rupa Goswami's head and enlightening his heart and so forth, all of the truths to uh, such, like the beginning of our Sampradaya, like it begins again with Krishna's telling Brahman, Krishna coming as Chaitanya and telling it to Rupa Goswami. But he told more <laughs> at that time. It was all told by Krishna, but in the form of mantra, just a few instructions, but... Uh, the Goswamis, powered by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, have played that out. 
he embraced Chaitanya Dev, the, the Bhagavatam. This is very hard. And so they went very deep within the Bhagavatam. So, point being, Rupa Sanatan, for these reasons, are particularly important to us. And secondarily, because not only were they taught by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and commissioned to teach the theory, but they also taught by their example. Sankhya Puvakanama Gananati B, as mentioned by Srinivasa Charja about them in his Astakam, glorifying the Goswamis. Sankhya Puvakanama Gananati B, they, Nidrahara Bihara Karibhijito, Sankhya Puvakanama Gananati, Sankhya Puvakanama. They counted Sankhya, the names on their beads. Hmm? They did their japa. Hmm? And uh, in, in, a, in a measured way, they paid their respects around Gordon Hill. Hmm? to the deities, to the Vaishnavas, and so forth. They taught, as Krishna says in the Gita, hmm? become my devotee, think of me, offer obeisances unto me, and so forth. So they taught theoretically by writing, hmm? and they taught practically by their example. Whereas, by contra- in contrast, many of the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they didn't teach by example, not an example that we could follow. Can I follow the example of Ramananda Roy, who used to teach uh, uh, David Asis, who were they were ladies, who uh, for one reason or another had been uh, left uh, homeless, and they were uh, thought to become the um, um, married to Jagannath, so to speak, and they would dance and depict through dance the Leela for the entertainment of Jagannath. And it was uh, Ramananda Roy who taught them. Hmm? And sometimes he would massage them when they were tired and so forth. Indeed, one of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's other associates was sent by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to Ramananda Roy to understand things that he said, Ramananda Roy understands better than me. And when he went to Ramananda Roy, that devotee was bewildered. He came back and said, uh, uh, I can't follow what, he, what he's doing. <laughs> so he, um, he didn't teach by example. That's not a fault of Ramananda Roy, but that was not what he was commissioned to do. That was not what, what his role was in Alila. He was a teacher, that's true. But he was trying to teach with Sarup Damodar in the, in a postgraduate study trying to teach Chaitanya Mahaprabhu how to fully enter into the bhava of Radha. Ramananda Roy, Srup Damodar, the Vishaka and Lalita of Gorlila. Vishaka and Lalita are the dear most f- friends of Radha. They are capable of being Yuteshwaris or group leaders themselves who would have a relationship directly with Krishna and handmaidens, manjaris, to assist them. But out of their affection for Radha, they uh, defer to her and don't become group leaders on their own. Hmm? They become the leaders of the handmaidens of Radha. Hmm? And so uh, they know very much about uh, what is Radha's love for Krishna that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is trying to experience. So we find in the latter years of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that he uh, lives largely a private life, hmm? accompanied by Swarup and 
and Ramananda who would augment his ecstasy by singing different poems and so forth that were appropriate to his aspirations and so forth. It's a very high level of teaching. And there are so many others, of course, as well, associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, whose activities, they kind of wore their bhava on their sleeve, so to speak. Even Nityananda Prabhu said to have drank milk directly from the uh, teats of the cow and sometimes from Malini Devi, as if he was a young lad or an infant even, though he was a fully grown man. He would swim in the Ganges with alligators and and so forth. So that's a little hard to follow. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, Rupa, Sanatana, they, they show the life of sadhakas, hmm? how to be sadhakas. They taught that in their books, they taught the theory, hmm? and they practically exemplified in a way that we can uh, take from their example. Hmm? And so they're very, very important uh, to us. Hmm? And they have shown us the window of opportunity if you will, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent has opened for us in the Gaudiya Sampradaya that we might go through and participate in Krishna Leela. Um, following in the wake of the bhava, the ecstasy, the preem of Gore and Nityananda Prabhu. And particularly, of course, they, um, Rupa Goswami addressed the four different rasas of, of Braj in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Dasya Sakya Vatsali Madhurya, and then he did his book on Madhurya Rasa and some aspects of, of Sakya Rasa that are connected with Madhurya Rasa in Ujbal Nilmani and so forth. So they're opening a particular window for us to go through. Hmm? And they themselves then, in doing so, have a life inside that window, and their life outside of their window is their life in Gorlila. And in Gorlila, sh- they show themselves to be as they appear, hmm? as servants of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They have a relationship with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in, in Dasya Bhakti. Hmm? And they saw themselves as Brahman boys in Gorlila, who would assist Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his other associates, carrying the umbrella sometimes, carrying the water pot, when he goes daily in the morning to bathe in the Ganga, hmm? these type of services. So, so this is the then we take that this is the window for us to participate in the Nitya Lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm? and that of course is a window to Nadia, Navadvip. Hmm? The Puri Lila is helping us to show the way to enter into that the Sannyas Lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's like the 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 the, um, the Leela of Krishna, where he he leaves Vrindavan, kills Kamsa, establishes Dharma, and so forth. And as I said many times, those Leelas of Mathura and Dwarka are reflecting back, either directly or indirectly, on the glory of the Braja Leela, hmm? showcasing it really as 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 the um, ideal. Um, uh, of, uh, uh, of, of, of of devotion, the highest ideal. So similarly, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela and Puri and so forth, it, it's showing the way that we might enter into the kirtan at the house of Shiva's 
Thakur, where just not everyone was allowed to enter, but out of his mercy, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself came out of and brought it to the streets and so forth, that other people might enter. Hmm? And so this Sannyasalila is very much teaching about that. And we find at a certain point, of course, he retired from the preaching and he entered his inner life, as I said earlier, assisted by Swarup and, and, um, and Ramananda. <clears throat> so, following that example, entering into Gaurlila, we enter into Nabadvip, not into Puri, hmm? but into the Nabadvip Lila. Nabadvip Lila is a Lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm? in which uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not seen with the same Aishvarya as he is in the Puri Lila. Sanyas means Aishvarya. I'm sitting up here. <laughs> You're sitting down there. <laughs> Sanyas is some Aishvarya. It creates some distance, right? Hmm? Uh, the ecstasy, extreme ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that's Aishwarya. It's sweet inside, but it, it's Aishwarya in the context of the Leela because it keeps the devotees somewhat at a distance in some awe. Hmm? In Nadia, hmm, we find he's not called Sri Krishna Chaitanya, he's called Nimai Pandit. Hmm? There, there's, there's no real Aishwarya in the name of Nimai Pandit. Maybe a little bit in Pandit, but uh, 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 this is a very intimate name. This is the name given to him by Sita Thakurani at the time of his birth. He was born under a neem tree, and with the idea that the neem tree is antiseptic and it, 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 it said to scare away evil spirits, the earlier children of Sachi, other than Vishwarup, the elder brother of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, had all died at, at, uh, at, at, at birth daughters. So to protect the son in maternal uh, love, Sita Thakurani, the consort of Advaita, named him Nimai after the tree. So there's no Aishwarya in that. <laughs> She's trying to protect Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, not thinking Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is our protector. Hmm. So there's intimacy with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the Gorlila in the Madhweep. At the same time, the Navadweep Lila is one in which sometimes I refer to it as Sadhana Siddha Bhumi. That Bhumi, that land where Siddhas are doing the Leela, the play of Sadhakas. They're perfect, but they're playing as if they are uh, practitioners. Hmm? And of course, every aspect, that everything that you hear, that once chanting this happens, once seeing the deity that happens, it all happens hmm? every time them. Very extraordinary um, Leela. And in that Leela, they are, they, are the, they are the friend, following Rupa Goswami, the friend and servant of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So some servitude with the tinge of, of, of friendship. Hmm? Something like that. And they're worshipping Krishna, who is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But sometimes... The sense that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is God is also coming and receding, hmm? and that and that and that, that, that He's Krishna and, and we are so and so, and it's going back and forth. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will go into trance. He will leave his house in the morning after hearing the Bhagavatam, hmm, taking breakfast prepared by 
uh, Vishnu Priya Devi, taking a little rest, then he'll go on Sankirtan along the Ganga Delta, visiting the houses of different devotees. As he comes to the Ganga, the cows will be coming across, and, and he'll enter into the trance of Krishna Leela, entering in the, into the forest with the cows, and the devotees will go with him, going back and forth, and they're trying to understand what is the, the nature of their experience. He's God, he's not God. Hmm. Something like that. He's Krishna, and we are Krishna's associates. We're not. We're sadhakas. It's a very uh, bewildering, if you will, uh, in a very uh, positive way, um, leela. So we find just just like we find in the prakat leela, manifest leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the devotees go back and forth. They think sometimes. First, they think he's a Vaishnava. He's not a Vaishnav. Everybody likes him. Everybody thinks he's great, but we think he's got a, all his. He has great qualities. He has a lot of knowledge, but it's all wasted hmm? because he's he's not using it to serve Vishnu. And then, of course, he becomes a devotee, manifests himself as a devotee. The context of the Leela and the, the, the Vaishnavas are overjoyed. And they have a, a leader amongst them who is so compelling and powerful. But he's so compelling and love of God is flowing so um, strongly in his heart hmm? They've never seen anything like that. Very extraordinary. And so they think, Namo Mahabharanaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Vodhati Nobody can give love of God like that. Hmm. This love of God is the kind of love of God that Krishna has. Only Krishna can give that. He must be Krishna. Rupa hmm? Goswami says, You are Krishna. Namo Mahabharanaya This is a very nice verse that he composed. These are your qualities, your Mahabhananaya, Namo Mahabhananaya, Krishna Prema Pradayate. This is your Leela. Hmm? You give Pradayate, Krishna Prem. Hmm? This is these are your qualities. This is your this is your this is your Leela. Namo Mahabhananaya, Krishna Prema Pradayate, Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya. This is your name. Hmm? Krishna Chaitanya. And you are Krishna. Hmm? And I offer my respect to you so that this, this is coming. And then it will disappear. It may be more manifest in the context of the man, of the prakat lila, the manifest lila, hmm? where he's directly teaching and so forth, and as I say, taking sannyas and going to puri. Whereas in the aprakat lila, the unmanifest lila, and this is basically basically confined to navadweep, more intimacy and so forth. But there are some flashes, something like that, hmm? but dismissed, hmm? and on we go with our friend. And leader, leader, kind of like a guru. Hmm? Like we have an intimate setting with with Gaur and Nityananda. They are the gurus, the, the samasti gurus, the, the macrocosmic manifestation of the gurus for Gaudiya Sampradaya. And every other guru is a is a vyasti, hmm? like a microcosmic manifestation of that. Hmm? And so there, our Guru will be there, our Madhuban will be there, Audar will be there, Sagrahi will be there, just a little bit different. All the flowers always bloom, all the trees always have fruit, uh, the bees don't sting, <laughs> and they produce more honey, <laughs> and so on and so forth. And, and our group leader is our Guru, and, and, and the super group leader is Tikkor and Nityananda Prabhu. And our joy is to do Namsan Kirtan, hmm. worship the deity of Krishna, and so forth and so on. Hmm. But at some occasions, on the Gaur Purnim, on Janamastami, hmm, 
Nityananda Lila. There'd be some flashes that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the is personality of God. So it's a little different than Krishna. Of course, those flashes come in Krishna Lila also, but Krishna's God, but they but it's dismissed. Hmm? They see him doing godly things more so than anywhere else. The opulence that, that he manifests in in Vrindavan is greater than the opulence he manifests in Dwarka. Hmm? I mean, there he showed innumerable Vishnus, uh, innumerable Vishnus emanating from himself, from whom innumerable innumerable universes were emanating, all of which had Brahmas in them. And Brahma was seeing this is very extraordinary. The lifting of Govardhan Hill, super extraordinary uh, manifestations of Vaishvarya. So they see that, but then, you know, then some people say he's God, you know, but it's almost like he might be, but that's a secondary quality. Hmm? It doesn't take uh, take precedence. So Gorli a little a little different, and we follow, as I say, the example of the Goswamis. So we consider ourselves to by pursuing dasya bhakti with a little tinge of friendship with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu, we find ourselves attaining a, a corresponding. Um, opportunity to participate in the Krishna Leela. Therefore, this is one of the ways. You follow Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Namsan Kirtan, enter into the Kirtan in Navadweep, he shows you his your Swarup in Krishna Leela. And that's a way of saying by Nam Kirtan alone everything can come. Hmm? Do you understand? And of course, if you want a Siddhadeha for Krishna Leela, an internal spiritual emotional body to participate in Krishna Leela. There's one uh, simple bit of advice I can offer to you, and that is you absorb your sadhaka deha completely in the service of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his Guru Parampara, body and mind. There's no, it's a little bit of advice, but it's a way of saying uh, it's a good idea that you want to have a siddha an internal body to participate in Krishna Leela. But the way to do that, hmm, you should... Now, you should follow Rupa Goswami's verse in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu when he speaks about Raghunuga Bhakti. He says, Siddha, Sadaka, Rupena. Hmm? That, that the Jiva has a, in, in, in Rag Bhakti, it's Siddha Deya and a Sadaka Deya, both. Hmm? Siddha, Sadaka, Rupena. Hmm? Siddha, Rupena, Chaturhi. Yeah. So, the, the, the emphasis was there's a Siddha Deya. For Krishna Leela, I should get that. What special thing should I do? Hmm? Sometimes it's presented with, if I'm not preoccupied with that, I'm really not involved in, seriously in Krishna consciousness. Hmm? But that sometimes is spoken about to the point of a fault where the sadhaka deha is not engaged in a way that actually consumes it hmm? relative to your eligibility. Hmm? Um, so, yes, the verse mentions the Siddhadeya, but it mentions the Sadhakadeya also. Sadhakadeya is the guru-given body. Hmm? And the trick is, the or the idea is, that the Sadhakadeya is a body that's partially spiritual and it's partially material because we have senses, the body's made up of in a mind, and these senses and mind are sometimes absorbed 
in spiritual sense objects like serving the deity, chanting the name, holy name with attention and so forth. And sometimes they're engaged in with material sense objects. Hmm? And so the idea is to gradually make that conversion where their only body and mind senses are engaged only in relation to spiritual sense objects in service. Hmm? Therefore it said, Atashi Krishna Namadi Nabaved Grayamindrai Sevan Mukhejivado Swami Vasparatida. With these material senses, you cannot see Krishna. You cannot experience him. You have to get spiritual senses. That means you have to let bhakti engage your senses. Hmm? Our way of knowing is not really conclusively, that is, with, with, the, with the mind, with reason, or with senses. Hmm? We say, but, but it's descending, but some will say, well, but you have to use your senses to understand what's descending. But what's descending through the Guru Parampara is bhakti, and bhakti is engaging our senses. And bhakti is engaging our mind. Bhakti really does us. Hmm? Bhakti is the, the essence of the sarup shakti of Krishna. So its descent into our lives through Guru Parampara engages our senses, engages our mind. So it's not, it's a, it is an entirely descending way of knowing. Hmm? When you say, yeah, but you have to use your senses to understand the scripture. But no, we're using it in a, we're, we're hearing the scripture through Guru Parampara. Hmm? This is bhakti. Hmm? So the senses are employed in bhakti. And so, anyway, sadhana bhakti is about engaging the senses. And the idea is to convert the sadhaka day wholesale hmm? so that it has no more uh, preoccupation with material sense objects. Only then, only to that and to that extent, will the siddha day arise. Hmm? So you haven't got to worry about my siddha day. You have to worry to engage your sadhaka day. Huh? Hmm? And our charges in our Bhakti Vinod Parabhara have mercifully given us all types of engagements to do. Instead of saying, here's your beads, head out into the jungle over there, find a mango tree to sit under, and chant, hope somebody brings you some, some, some prasadam. <laughs> but if not, you know, then you fast. Something like You could get pretty hungry out there and distracted and so forth. So they've given us a, an ashram like this and beautiful deities to serve and all types of activities in relation to the deity. And This is to in fully engage your sadhaka deha. Hmm? Only to the extent that you engage that sadhaka deha will the siddha deha arise. There's no way around that. So it's good that you're interested in the siddha deha. That's like I often say, you want to go to the certain place in the, in, the, in the mall, you have to come and find the map. And it says your room is here, 108. Hmm? And then it says, and you are here. So, I want a siddhagateha, I want a body to serve Krishna in Vrindavan that is just fully constituted of prem. Hmm? It's got a completely selfless body, hmm? full of love for Krishna. And it's here, and I'm here. And so what shall I do here? How shall I engage my sadhagateha? So that that, come, that we almost brings it down to us, something like that. It closes the gap. Hmm? Like Krishna's a long ways away. Like here's the lotus. And you're here on this pedal. He's on this pedal. But he closes like this. Makes it easy for you. Come. The extent to which we engage the sadhaka deha. Hmm? And then that sadhaka deha is 
is is has a has a, has a, a manifestation in Gorlila also. Hmm? Slightly transformed. Uh, those young boys are a little bit androgynous looking, hmm? and there you find Prabhupada a little bit look a little younger, hmm? something like that. So <laughs> it's quite a mystery. This is a big mystery of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, how this sadhaka deya becomes spiritualized. But what we trust in is Shastra. We find in the Bhagavatam, for example, the uh, Dhruva Maharaj attained Vaikuntha in his self-same body. Hmm? It's a mystery, a great mystery. That's why... We take the, the the form of the acharya, and rather than cremate that form like we would for those who have not perfected themselves, perhaps in devotion, that body's become perfected. So we and it becomes enshrined, entombed, and becomes a place of worship. And this picture stays on the altar. That form is worshipable somewhere. It's it's eternal. He has another shape for Gorlila, for Krishna Lila, hmm? but the idea is it's become fully spiritualized. This is a great uh, mystery. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu talked about it to Sanatana Goswami also in Jagannath Puri. He said, at the time of initiation, you get a spiritual body. Hmm? When you do Krishna Samarpan, completely surrender to Krishna, which is what initiation is about. It doesn't happen in a day. When the Sambandha is, is complete, hmm? then one enters into, in realization, then one enters into Bhava Bhakti. Then, one has a spiritualized sadhakadeha. And long before that, even, the body is not moving on the strength of karma. This is a great mystery also. It's that even by Nama Bas, karma can be eradicated. So things happen to devotees. They get stung by bees. For example, we're having an incident of that here with the gathering of the honey. So, um, is that his karma? According to Shastra, no. It's the Krishna's. It's karma. It, it could be seen as karma, but not his karma or her karma. It means karma arranged by Krishna for his for his devotee for reasons of his own. Hmm? Krishna's. You're taking Krishna nam, and Krishna nam is responding. And why he had those. He, he, you fall down that hill, why he had that bee sting you? Hmm? According to the teaching, early on, this parabda is largely transformed. Therefore, it's said in Bhagavatam, what? Aho batasvapachotogariyan. Versus glorifying Nam in uh, third canto of Bhagavatam. Kapiladeva instructing Devahuti. Uh, that simply by nam, once chanting, one becomes qualified to perform the activities of a Brahmin. It means he became from a certain had a certain prabdha that that didn't allow him to do that. That's cleared. Hmm? So this is a great mystery. How Krishna is dealing with his devotees, hmm? what he's putting them through, and so forth. It's hard to fully understand what we take from Scripture. Mm. And we don't underestimate the power 
of Nam. Hmm? That, that we, we will not think that could be an exaggeration. No. While scripture takes license to exaggerate in certain places, we're seeking to motivate people out of fear or out of prospect. Hmm? That is one thing. But, in, but Nam Dharma, that is not the case. Hmm? Nam is Krishna himself. So You've brought him into your life. Or he's, I should say, he's come into your life. He's made his way into your life. So, karma is going the other way. We find that the, the Pandavas, they were exiled, their, their, they were, their house was burned on, set on fire. Hmm? We think, you know, what did they, what did they do wrong? Hmm? Their house was set on fire. Krishna set it on fire <laughs> through someone else, the agency of another. Hmm? To bring out the glories of the Pandavas, we see how they reacted when we see how they reacted, we know, oh, they can't be you can't be under the influence of karma and react like that. In karma you're plugged in. Hmm? You want to get the guy back. <laughs> oh, they were un unplugged. Hmm? Yudhisthira didn't even want to enter the, the, the Kurukshetra war. Yeah. You know, the enemy was so worthy of being being slain and put in their place and so forth. Krishna forced forced them to and so so, the ways of Krishna, how he deals with his devotees, they are very difficult to understand. So, point is anyway, to absorb the sadhaka that's where we have facilities like this. And let devotees come and visit and have an opportunity of immersion and so forth, and then try to replicate that in their own homes and lives as much as possible. This is the way then. And that Siddhartha Dale have some representation as a young Brahmin boy in Gorlila. And out of that comes another form for serving Krishna as a friend, as, as a handmaid of Radha, as may be the case. Does that help? Yeah. Yes, Jari. Say in the house of Shivas, he's doing kirtan at night. He's surrounded by devotees who are interacting with him in all different rasas. So, how does that work? He goes into the lila. They don't all go with him because they're all tasting different things. He shows different things to different devotees. Hmm? In the same room at the same time, different things. Hmm? Showing different face to different devotees. Hmm? Just like he entered the wrestling arena and people saw him, Rasa Raj Krishna. From all in all different ways, some saw him as as the uh, god of the yogis. Some saw him uh, as as, as uh, a romantic object of love. Some saw him as their friend. Some saw with parental affection. How can they put those little young boys on a dais with those big wrestlers? This is horrible. Vibhatsa. Hmm? They were disgusted. Hmm? So he's Rasaraj. Hmm? So, he shows, just like in the Maha Prakash, that's the famous example. He came, sat on the altar and showed himself, to, and he called different devotees, you are so-and-so, you are so-and-so, see me. Something like that. So, Kirtan. Kirtan is, is uh, Chintamani Swarup, so... They experience their own place in the Leela in the context of the Kirtan. Kirtan is... 
it's not just a musical manifestation, but this is a this is a particular way you can say in which the leela sh is manifesting. Therefore, leela is inside of nam. Hmm? So when they chant nam and experience leela, like Mahabhu was chanting nam, and then he went into leela. Then the Srupadamana brought him back. Hmm? He said, "Why you made a noise and brought me back?" Shridharmarsh made a comment. What must be the kirtan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu if he's criticizing the kirtan of Srupadamadar? It brought him out of the trance. So, so Leela is inside the name. So, at a certain point, then, devotees can be in the same room doing kirtan and be experiencing Leela. It's not, it doesn't have to all be the same Leela necessarily. What else? Another question? Well, I, the example of lighting a match, I'd never heard of that as an explanation of, of consciousness. Um, with regard to luminosity, um, the example is sometimes given of consciousness being like a light that is luminous and it gives illumination as well. Hmm? It's luminous and it spreads its illumination at the same time. Hmm? Um, Just because it's not material doesn't mean that it's eternal. Uh-huh. Uh, you mean, just because it's not reducible to matter yeah. doesn't mean that it's eternal. Yeah. Well, my explanation is that uh, given that material objects are all um, located within time and space, hmm? Therefore, something that's not a material object um, need not be located in time and space. If it is located in uh, the way you're speaking about it, it has a beginning and an end. That's kind of what we refer to when we say time and space. It has a beginning and it has an end. Uh, I think that perhaps somebody, I don't know who gave me that example, but perhaps they're speaking about consciousness in terms of awareness. You know, aware of something, you may lose awareness. And uh, uh, it, I'm, I'm aware of a red object. The awareness of a red object is gone now. I'm aware of a blue object. Where did the awareness of a red object go? Hmm? That's kind of a Buddhist idea of consciousness. But when we speak of consciousness, we speak about the person who experiences the red or, or the blue. Hmm? The experience, whether it's be red, blue, yellow, 
It changes what you happen to be aware of. That being aware of something is like the light's capacity to illuminate, illuminate a room. Hmm? The two aspects to it. It can illuminate the room and it itself is luminous. Hmm? So it can, it, consciousness can be aware of things. Hmm? And that's one aspect of it. And so, yes, it may be aware of one thing and then unaware of another thing and so, but it doesn't end with the awareness of red moving to awareness of blue and that's all it is. No, that would be like the, lum- the, the, the illumination of the lights um, spreads. It illuminates the room. Hmm? But it itself is luminous. Hmm? And so there's an illuminator, uh, there's an experiencer of the experience. If you want to speak of consciousness as the experience, that's one thing. Um, but that's only an aspect, we would say. It's the experiencer. So I think if, uh, many people want to speak of consciousness as an experience, like quelia. Quelia is like subjective, experience of red, redness or blueness or something like that. It's subjective, so it's not like 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 uh, uh, like matter. It's a subjective experience. You experience red. You know, I experience it. You know, maybe a little differently. Um, but that, from our perspective, that is an experience. That is consciousness interacting with mind, which then interacts with the world and gives an experience. Hmm? And it's subjective. It's closer to what consciousness is, but it but it misses the boat of what consciousness is at the same time. It's the experiencer. So um, I don't know how you could say that that experiencer hmm, that is not bound. If we if we con- con- concur that it's not bound by time and space. Hmm? Well, time and space means time means beginning. If it's not bound by time then how can it have a beginning? If it's not bound by time, you see, time means beginning. Time means end. If you're not bounded by time, if it, how can you say, if I'm not bounded by time, how can you say I have a beginning? There has to be the influence of time for there to be a beginning. And there has to be an influence of time for there to be an end. So how can you be unbounded, unaffected by time, and have a beginning, or have an end? Hmm? I mean, I don't have heard an answer for that, so that's a rather uh, uh, strong point. Hmm. And space, well, uh, I don't know how to talk about that necessarily, but time's good enough. Uh, time and space, they, they, you know, they go together. They're your, 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 your sentence and your, and your cell, so to speak. Hmm. Um, you know, confined by space means that you're local, hmm. But consciousness is sarvagata. It's it's everywhere. Um, it's not uh, uh, localized and confined. For example, in one one place in the brain. Therefore, you have this. You know, people look at non-locality with quantum physics, and they play with that, and and want to say that, that consciousness here is consciousness there, and uh, and, and so forth. So uh, there are some arguments with its uh, with regard to its. Um, 
being demonstrable, that it's not confined by space. Maybe everybody's not going to accept those, but regardless of that, if we stress the point that it's not reducible to matter, and if you agree with us it's not reducible to matter, and therefore all material objects, they have a, a, a beginning, they come into, even they, they, the universe comes into being at a certain time, the Big Bang or, or whatever you want to you know, think about it. Our experience is that material things have a beginning and an end. Uh, according to science, it's, it, I guess matter can't be created or something and destroyed. Uh, maybe you want to think of it like that. That it has no, that it has no beginning, it has, has no end, but it's still material. But then you start to blur your terms, perhaps, what's material and what's, what's spiritual. Hmm. But we say, at any rate, it's not bound by time. Hmm. It's not reducible to matter. Material things are bound by time and space. Consciousness is not. I guess it could say that matter is not. There's no beginning to matter. Right. Is that? Right. Well, we agree with that. We 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 say that the Maya Shakti has no beginning. It has no end. It's also eternal. So, if if we agree that matter in its, I don't know, primordial state, Pradhan, has no beginning and has no end. Well, we're saying consciousness has no beginning, no end. It's, it's another Shakti of Bhagwan. Just because matter has no beginning and no end, um, well, that makes it eternal too. So you're not getting away from the point that if... I guess you could say, if you could reduce consciousness to matter in its primordial state, it would be eternal also. <laughs> it would have no beginning and no end. But uh, that, it's, it's, that it's not reducible. Hmm. So, uh, does that mean it has no beginning and no end? Hmm. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, when we say matter, of course, and we're speaking about... Hmm, Brain, hmm? because this is what they're talking about. Saying that consciousness is brain. So let's look at it like that. Consciousness is not reducible to brain, a particular manifestation of matter, because that's what they're talking about. They're not talking about primordial matter. So they're talking about brain, a particular configuration of brain of matter. They say produces consciousness. Some people say. We say no. There's no particular combination of of non-experiencing stuff that turns into experiencing, hmm? no matter how sophisticated it is. Uh, so, brain is a local, particular, manif complex manifestation of matter. We say, consciousness is not reducible to brain. That's what we're saying. Brain is... Um, excuse me, constrained by time and space, right? So if consciousness is not brain, hmm, then we're saying it's not 
like brain, constrained to time and space. It's not just, you know, something in between your ears. Hmm? Not being constrained by time and space, then it's eternal. It has no beginning. It has no end. Hmm? Brain has a beginning and end. And they want to say consciousness has a beginning and an end because it's brain. We say, no, it's not reducible to brain. It's, it's entirely different from brain. It's, 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 it's a quantum leap away from there and more. Hmm? It's not a material object like brain that's constrained by time and space. Therefore, it's not constrained by time and space. Can there be something that's not material that is constrained by time and space? Uh, no. I'd have to look maybe at your example of lighting the match. But I think it's talking about awareness. What is the question? Is there something that's non-material that can be constrained by time? That's kind of the question you're Well, it's a question of defining terms, I suppose. We're defining non-material as being not constrained by time and space. Partially. We're saying it's satchitananda. Sat means not constrained by time and space. That's how you want to make, if you want to, this is the definition from Vedanta. Consciousness is sat means it's eternal. Hmm? And if it is constrained by time and space, if it, it, it's eternal, it's perfect. It's, it's, so if it has to end, or it has to it has a beginning, then something generates it. It's not it's self-generating. Hmm? This is all the contrast of matter. Matter is generated by something. Hmm? All manifestations of matter have a beginning and an end. That which is spiritual is self self uh, self manifest, self-generating. Hmm? It needs no light. It's luminous. Hmm? And so, people may try to want to define spirituality in different ways. So we, we follow the school of Vedanta, and this is the way Vedanta describes it. And we have great people in the lineage who exemplify uh, the experience of the eternality of of the self. What else? What time is it? Okay. Well, that's the time to end, right? Six thirty to seven thirty. Okay. Still, Adarili was not back, huh? Shishi Daji Gopal Ki Jai. Bodh Bhakti Brinda Ki Jai. Bodh Prima.